Sugarcoated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hello, and welcome back to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, and I am so excited to have a great conversation. I know it's going to be great, so I predict it. A great conversation today with Christina Smallwood. Christina is a 38-year-old adoptive mom of three with boy and girl busy twin toddlers and her oldest daughter, who has special needs predominantly living in a wheelchair. Christina runs her very successful home-based business, and you might even recognize her as Tamara Judge's hairstylist from the Real Housewives of Orange County. She has extensive experience in the beauty industry and has used social media to grow her multi-million dollar home-based business. She utilizes her sobriety, life traumas, and true stories, and coaches others with her proven systems. It's Christina's mission to spread the message that you can take serious charge of your life without taking life too seriously. Her biggest call to action is her hope to inspire you to be yourself. Prepare for some laughs and tears as you follow along her transparent journey. Welcome to Sugar Coated Christina. Hello, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to you. And uh, for all of you who are are not actually seeing the podcast, we are definitely in the holiday spirit. We both have on our cozy sweaters and jackets, and uh, we have some holiday decorations up behind us. So I love this because this is the first uh, real true holiday podcast. So so, so exciting. Yay. All right. So Christina, I... I'm just so excited to share a little bit of what we were talking about even before we got on with the sugar-coated audience because people tune in, they want to hear, and it's mostly women, right? They want to hear what's real. They want to hear what is not sugar-coated and what are the things that we need to do in order to grow our business. And I'd almost love to kick off with something that you just shared with me that, that you just shared with your audience. Oh, okay. I mean, all the time people are looking for all these like pro tips, you know, like, oh, in external things, like I need one more class. I need one more coaching. I need this. I need the expertise. And honest to goodness, I'm always like, we got to dig in. Like we got to lean in because inside who we are is going to be the key that helps us unlock everything around us. Like, and I love that you said, you know, we're going to be the ones that are going to get in our own way. And it's just a hundred percent the case, especially in entrepreneurship entrepreneurship because there's no guidebook. So the better you know yourself, it's like you become your own best guide. And that gut instinct for your business and that intuition for your business gets better and better as you know and trust yourself more and more. 
Well, I think the thing that is so incredibly difficult and Sometimes I, you know, I, t- I talk in sweeping statements about women, and, and of course we know that not everything is true for everybody. Right. But there is a societal pressure, I think, that we feel as women that we need to know everything mm-hmm. before we even start it, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you help women, because this is what you do, how do you help women to to trust ourselves and to not feel that we are lacking, but rather that we have everything inside of us to be successful, whatever that means to us? How do, how do we start? Well, I think most women... We're like natural overthinkers, right? We're overanalytical. We're going to go through every scenario possible when we when we're you know analyzing something. So one of the things that I found really interesting was an entrepreneur. I was at an entrepreneurial conference, and the woman speaker was sharing, and she said that as much as we overthink about all the decisions we're going to make, it's actually when we are forced into those decisions that we know we can make anything happen and mm. will because we have that survival mechanism that comes in. And it just really got me thinking about any type of business that women go in. And it's like, until you're jumping into it, are you going to know what to do? And so I think overanalyzing is like our biggest hindrance. <laughs> as women, yeah. as much as it is a skill and it can be very beneficial to our business, that apprehension in the beginning really is the scariest part for most people. Yeah. And I think, I think the apprehension comes from that pressure that we have to be perfect so that when we do, you know, open up the gate that we are, are running with the proper form and that we are, you know, moving toward the goal that someone else set for us. And I think we could do ourselves a big favor if we did do some inner work first and figured out what makes us as individuals unique and how can we bring that out into the world and create value in that way? Absolutely. I think when you're looking at something and if I if I was going to help someone overcome, you know, their over analytical side, I would say, well, what do you what do you think you should do? Because I think deep down, we all kind of know essentially what the next step is in our business, but we're nervous about it for whatever it is. And you're like, well, I would want to do this, or I'd want to say this and like, then go do it. Like, (laughs) action is the best step forward as much as I feel like maybe people are looking for a better response or more creative response. It's like just step into those actions and and watch what happens. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to build relationships. Start talking to people. You'll learn how to start building relationships. You're going to have to struggle a little bit. It's going to be awkward. And that's actually good. I love when things are awkward and when my heart starts racing or my blood pressure increases a little bit because I know I'm, I'm actually putting myself in an uncomfortable position. And that is when I'm going to be the most likely to actually learn a lesson. If mm. I'm looking at it afterwards and assessing, you know, what what I just experienced, how I was feeling. And again, it's all the internal work. It's that self-awareness of, I think it's, I think we're in such a culture and there is a pressure to run away from things that are uncomfortable, Mm. um, which is such a detriment to the female entrepreneur because it's in the most uncomfortable moments of my life that I've learned the most, like my infertility diagnosis, my adoption journey, my daughter being born with special needs, like all of those real life things actually have formulated me to be the entrepreneur I am today. 
Mm. Can you talk a little bit about some of those unexpected circumstances that happened to you personally? Because I think that that can be really reassuring for other people who might be going through the challenges, similar challenges right now, or maybe they've gone through them and they're they're sort of stuck. Can you talk a little bit about that and what propelled you to like keep going? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm like two different people. So there's Christina before she became a mom and then Christina post-mom. And post-mom Christina with all of her trauma is a way better entrepreneur than the girl there was before, right? Okay, so <laughs> those the, the first thing that really threw me for a loop was I was a planner, I was a doer, I was an overachiever in my field. And I thought I could make anything happen until I tried to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time in my life that my overachieverness couldn't get me the results that I wanted. And the Mm -hmm. learning lesson in that, I can't even tell you every single day, I'm reminded and flexing like that muscle of um, humility, of learning to rely on other things, knowing that it's okay to pivot. I think I'm a master pivoter because of this. So these are are deep-rooted skills. And while I did mourn and I did grieve, um, not being able to biologically have a child, I learned so much about myself in the process of, and you know, and, and in my marriage, but just how to be a partner, how to be a leader, how to be someone that, you know, isn't getting what they want and life goes on, you know? And I think, I think, you know, as, as I speak with, I speak with a lot of women in the infertility community and it's this feeling of like worthlessness and there is guilt that comes with it and in a whole different multitude of emotions. But the more we hone in on those things and embrace the journey of that, the the more well-rounded we are going to be on the other side of it and be able to help other people, right? And so everyone's looked different. I rebounded fairly quickly because I'm, and I say rebound, like rebounded out of my pajamas and having a huge pity party for myself, which I encourage everyone to do that gets traumatic news and embrace the grief journey. But I was such an achiever (laughs) that I was like, okay, well, I can't change anything about this. So what can I, what am I in control of? And I moved, we moved into adoption fairly quickly. I mean, like a week later, we were in the attorney's office, you know, and we had never even discussed it prior than that. I mean, I think that the, you know, when you first get married, you're like, I would adopt one day, I'd adopt one day. And that was the extent of it. So going into planning with my husband and everything through that, it really was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even know I was a pivoter. You know, I didn't know that I could do that. And so, I mean, just to give one example. I really love that. And the question is a powerful question that you asked yourself sort of in in the face of the challenge, like, okay, this doesn't look like I had imad- imagined it, but what can I do? right? What what are my circumstances? What's the situation? Let's be realistic about this now. And and I'm not saying, you know, you, you, you throw in the towel and just say, you know, too, too bad on me. It is what it is. But, Mm -hmm. but what with, with all of this, and I agree with you, you know, have that pity party, go through Mm -hmm. the grief, feel those feelings, because that's what makes us human. And Mm -hmm. stuff is sad, like, and we don't have to be Pollyanna positivity in order to to move Mm -hmm. forward. But what can I do? 
That is a question that is one of those power questions that gets your mind into movement instead of stagnation. Mm. And I think that that type of question also applies to some of the challenges that women are facing within their own businesses. So listen, there are so many challenges. Can't get financing, charging the prices, you know, wanting to charge prices, not getting those prices, all of the things that happen. But with what we have and where we are, what can we do? It is the entrepreneurial mindset. It's the growth mindset right? Like the challenge is thrown down and here we go. It's a puzzle. It's like the resourcefulness has to kick in, right? Like, okay, well, here's this new set of cards that I got dealt. How can I play these? What, you know, and, you know, one of my favorite quotes is like, life happens for you, not to you. So while mm. it may seem like the mountain, it really is like, you're going to learn something when, as you're going around this and maneuvering this new obstacle that is going to benefit you for the rest of your entrepreneurial life. And you will be so glad that you had dealt with it before it became an even bigger mountain. Because I mean, I believe every obstacle we face is a preparation for the next thing and we get better and better at handling it. And before you know it, all of these obstacles that we're facing, we're like, oh, this ain't nothing, you know? And then you're like <laughs> driving a great ship, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love that. So how did you sort of, and it, it seems, and this is so so many of us, it's our lives, right? You, you had a business, you were a co-founder of a business, and now you have your own business that you have organized around your life. And yes. it is very successful. That's very inspirational to me. And I, I'm sure to our sugar-coated audience. So can you kind of take us through how you went from, you know, something before, you know, before mm -hmm. kid Christina, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I imagine those things aligned to, yeah. you know, after kid Christina yes. with a different type of business. Can you just walk us through that from the business point of view? I've never been asked this. Okay. Really? So I started a wedding hair and company with my girlfriend. I was a hairstylist prior and not, I, I, I like to say like I had a pedigree to my hairstylist career and I was very serious about it, very successful and intentional. And um, my girlfriend and I started this company. We had no idea what to expect, but it, it blew up. Here in Southern California, it's basically always wedding season. And we lived coincidentally between like an hour was Temecula, an hour was Big Bear, an hour was Palm Springs, an hour was in LA. Like we were centrally located. So I mean, we had did hundreds of weddings a year. Okay. So very successful. We had to grow a team. We had to get on a payroll. I mean, it was, it was like we were accidentally getting into entrepreneurship. And I was more of the marketing and my girlfriend was more of the business side. So when it came to the point of me stepping away as the main stylist, I actually, and a lot of people probably, I don't know, I think there'd be a toss up if people respect this or not for me as a business owner, but I wanted not one dime from her when I stepped away from it. I felt like it was a baby that I raised and I was simply like, that was my purpose. And that I, I just knew and I trusted um, because of all that we had gone through with our adoption and then our daughter being born early and being you know, fighting for her life. And it, it was just a whole nother journey that I was on. I just felt so at peace with saying, you know what, this is your baby. Now you do all the back end stuff. Anyway, I'm not dumping a new load on you. And that relationship to this day is still one of my closest friends. And we did intense business together. And I think that that just speaks more volumes for 
the business relationship and the peace that I had about it. I mean, I, I went through the waves of grief with leaving it. And of course, there were other people on board that were like, she's abandoning us. And, you know, she thinks she's better now that she can work from home. I mean, it, it was just like, you know, you go through all those like real, I'm going to be not sugarcoated about it, emotions um, and situations. But I, it was in me just to have a peace about it and say like, I I don't know. I, do, I don't want any thing from this. I feel very proud of what we've built. And I mean, I definitely get looked at sideways when I tell people that like, wait, what you didn't negotiate a percentage? Like, no, I just didn't. I walked away peacefully. And I don't know. Yeah, I love that. I mean, to me, what's important, I think this is so important. Sometimes we put money up on a pedestal, we need it, you know, we we definitely do. But money can't buy a relationship like the one that you clearly have with your ex-partner. And it's a testament to who you are as a person. And when we can trust ourselves like that, that's also a muscle to build, right? Mm -hmm. Just because other people are saying you should have whatever you should have done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not their, it's not their lives. They're not the ones that are paying your bills and living in your shoes. And you chose what was right for you. And Mm -hmm. to me, that is something that we all need to learn how to do and stop listening to people outside of ourselves that think that they know better for us with what we need. You needed the relationship with your friend. Yeah. That was more important. I mean, it's super important for me to have integrity throughout the whole transition. And maybe a piece of me did feel guilty. Like I, I, I gotta be honest. Like maybe I did feel a little bit of that guilt. I struggled with people pleasing yeah. until, I don't know, maybe, maybe four or five years ago. So it's like, I'm a new people pleaser reformed, you know? But, <laughs> reformed. Um, I would say the integrity was really important to me. I knew that relationship was going to outlast, you know, even if the business, I mean, it's still thriving to this day, but I don't know. I think that was a societal pressure for people. Oh, you need to get what you're worth. And there's this like entitlement to something. If you put in a little bit of effort, you're owed all this. And I don't know, I'm just a big component for giving. And I think that giving is so underrated. Agreed. (laughs) The more we give, the better off our life is. And I just, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And you, you were forced to make some type of a decision. Had you just been going along in the same way, maybe it would have been different. And if you had decided to leave other under other circumstances, maybe you would have negotiated something monetarily, but that's not what your life called for. And I just think that this is a really, really important lesson that yes, yes, we need to value ourselves. um, But that doesn't always come in the form of money. Mm -hmm. There's other values that are important in our lives. and, And clearly the relationship is the most valuable thing to you. So I love that. And I applaud you for doing that. And then even talking about it to this day, that that's amazing. Yeah. So, so now with your platform, you help other women. Is it, is it all people or is it, is it mainly focused on women? No, when you look at the analytics of my account, I'm predominantly what you would call a female influencer with a female audience. And I I like it that way. (laughs) I'm a girl girl. Um, But I would say between the like late twenties to early forties is like really who is listening to my voice on there. 
Mm. And tell mm-hmm. tell me and the audience more about your platform and what you're helping people to do. Okay. So a few months ago, I had this like huge pivot of, okay, yes, I could, I could sell a course. This is like the societal norms, right? Everyone's selling a course. Everyone has a digital something. And I am a dinosaur that uses pen and paper. (laughs) Even getting on this, I have needed some extra instructions for my headphone and my microphone. Okay. But (laughs) I mean, I'm techie to a certain extent, but in a position where I have been so blessed, I'm going to use the word blessed, but like uh, fortunate to develop, you know, certain systems and certain sales structures and branding strategies and understanding the algorithm and all these things. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to afford all every single course I've ever taken. I was like, I want to provide a free valuable space for people to come. So I have a few videos that are like very low quality on YouTube, but they are high value. Okay. This is, they're not a whole production, but they really do bring like a lot of the meat that has brought me success and like podcasts like yours. I mean, it really is so, so important for people to get to hear something that's like so real raw and like unsugarcoated. I, I love everything that you're about. And so that's what you find there is someone you can relate to, I'm going to be real. Like some days I don't want to show up, but I, most businesses have some sort of platform that they know they need to be present on to have any eyes on them. And so my hope in is to inspire growth is to maybe give a laugh and bring you value that you feel empowered just by having visited. I love that so much. And one of the things that is so incredible about the way that the world is now is that anybody can have a platform because the the tools are mm-hmm. out there for mm-hmm. us, you know, for the taking, right? Or for the using or for the leveraging or however you want to say it. And I think sometimes women get into that mindset where they say, well, why would someone listen to me? And I, I think that we need to also... And again, you don't have to have millions of people following you to make an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a podcast, you can have a YouTube channel, you can have a conference or do a course and make a difference in someone's life. And yes, you need to figure out as a business owner, how is that platform going to help you to grow your business so you can make a a greater impact? But the platforms are there and more women need to take advantage of those platforms because all of our voices... And the way that we talk about things and think about things, people need that variety because Mm -hmm. you might say a set of a string of words and I might say a string of words that are exactly the same, but you know, five people are going to like how you say it and five people are going to like how I say it. And that's, that's why we should all be leveraging some type of platform. Yes, anyone. I that's like I think the biggest pain to my heart is when someone says like why would anyone listen to me or why should I and it's like if you have that desire in there at all like you have to pursue it and you we all have a story to tell and your story I mean it doesn't take hundreds of people or thousands or whatever it takes one you could change if you change one person's life you've you've I don't know that's always always my goal if I can connect with one person I, lo- I love what I'm doing. I, I love that. And 
I honestly believe you go to a coffee with anyone, you're going to end up falling in love with whoever's across the table. Or at least that's how I feel. So I'm like, share this story. I'm always encouraging even my friends that are like, no, I don't. And I'm like, do it. Like, this yeah. is so great. Like, I just, I, I have such a passion for helping people exercise their voice. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. And that's what She Leads Media is all about too. It's all about like, and and the conference that we're hosting this year, it's all about visibility, right? How do you prepare yourself for it? How do you get it? And then once you get it, you know, what do you do with it, right? We have these platforms. We can't just let them stay somewhere like, you know, in the corner. We also have to do things to promote it. And that's okay. It's not showy. It's, it's a gift to other people. So I love what you are doing and how can people sort of get involved? How, how can they see what you're doing? Maybe get help from you? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm mostly on Instagram. I got the TikTok going and all the other things, but mostly on, on Insta. Um, I'm at Christina A. Smallwood. Okay. The longest Instagram handle that exists, but I, I, that's where you can find me. I'm constantly doing different like open campaigns or, you know, different telegram communities. Like I, I'm kind of always got something going on, but I'm up in my DMs. It is me, myself and I, I do not have AI attached to my account, not as of yet of the recording of this, but I, I really, something you said, like, when you said it's not boastful or it's not brag, it's like, I want to normalize like women and like when you say like, I want to empower women, you know, and that's how I feel. It's like that, that starts with you. Like, let's, let's normalize empowering your freaking self and like telling people what you're doing, you know, like I think that there's such a, that's such a need. And I don't know, I feel like when it comes with the right intention, it's, it's so powerful. Like when you sit, if you were to sit here and tell me all your accolades, I would be like truly cheering for every single thing that you've accomplished. And so I want to hear about that. I feel like more women should be sharing all these things that they are accomplishing. So I love that. I hope to make it to your conference. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Well, actually, it's so funny, too, because we have been talking about doing uh, She Leads West Coast because we're we're very yes. East Coast based. So we are, are certainly talking about She Leads West Coast. You know, it's that's scary. I don't have as big of a network on in California as I do here in New York. I grew up here and all of that. But listen, I got to get me some sunshine. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Come, I'm so there. Yeah, no, this is great. And I don't know, I I just think that having platforms like these and then also bringing other people onto, you know, the She Leads platform, the Sugar Coated podcast, all of those different things, that is also a taste for other people. So, you know, in addition to this message that I, I feel like we're delivering around, you know, use the platforms, you can also leverage other people's platforms to kind of dip your toes in the water and see that it's not that hard and it's not that scary. Absolutely. You guys, I think I'm probably the only person that goes on a podcast that does not have a book, a podcast or any specific product to really promote. But I'm doing it, you know, and it's like, I I think that, you know, maybe it'll be breaking some societal norms for, you know, going on different podcasts and things, but just start. If you have a story to share, just start sharing it. Like, and it will attract the right people to you. And before you know it, you're doing something with it and you kind of feel, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We we definitely need to be operating in that realm a lot more as women and having the 
don't know if it's the confidence, but I'll say confidence, but more like in a, in a little bit of a way, it's like the trust that mm-hmm. by by putting yourself out there that you're helping yourself, you're also helping others. But at the more that you sort of tell your story, the, the more questions that you're asked about your story, you can start to see that there are important lessons in there. So yeah, you know, pitch yourself to podcasts, start telling your story, write it Mm -hmm. down, go on YouTube, do all the things because in that, through that motion, your story can be molded and, and shaped and you will uncover it. And if you don't do those things, it never will. I think managing your expectations too. So it's like the more I was outputting, the more I'm outreaching, my, I do have a good discipline of my disappointments. And I think if you can master that skill, which means you got to be disappointed to start being able to discipline them. You know, you, mm-hmm. and one of the first trainings I ever heard was on that. And I thought, oh, that's good because I'm disappointed kind of a lot like in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So the sooner you can learn to discipline them and kind of put them in the right box and know, okay, it's not a reason to not keep going, the better off it's going to go. And I think that's ultimately why I developed my platform to what it is, is because I was like, okay, if no one else is going to let me share my story, I'm going to share it here. And <laughs> lo and behold, I guess people want to listen to it because it's growing, you know? It's amazing. I, I love that. I've actually never heard that before. Discipline your disappointment. So thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> thank you. That is amazing. Christina, it has been so lovely speaking with you today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and giving me a little, a little holiday spirit. I'm Yay. really excited about that. And you look all cozy. So just thank you so much. And Everybody, please visit Christina on her different platforms. I know I'm going to be doing some binging of your content. And I just really appreciate you taking the time out today. Thank you so much. I love everything you're doing. And this was such a great taste for Sugar Coated. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. The She Leads Podcast Network.